Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We're going to start the show. Bobby Orr, behind the left of Sanderson, the Orr! Bobby Orr! Orr from the Boston Bulls! 30 seconds left in the period, the Bruins are shorthanded. Ray Bork. From the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Whitman, fired it down, and Whitmore blew it. Did he ever? What's up, Bruins fans? It is the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, episode 158, brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag, use code CLNS50 when you get sign up for a free account and uh, you get a sweet little uh, bonus. Um, we are back. Um, I'm your host, Mark Allred. Sitting next to me, as always, the lovely Heather Ingerson. Heather, what is happening? Nothing. I'm just... Once already distracted by the hockey out the corner of my yeah. left eye. Now, huh? you know, you, whatever. How was your week? Good. My week was good. Um, besides the, the, the Bruins' effort uh, to start the week, um, obviously the finish was much better. We'll definitely talk about that and break down all the game action. Um, I do want to... I, I know we did this on the Prospects podcast uh, last week, but um, we... We do want to send our condolences to the Freddy's family, um, Pete Freddy's, who, who is the Ice Bucket Challenge 
originator, um, and and he's done, he did a fantastic job raising over two hundred million dollars for ALS. Um, so we want to obviously uh, it's a new show, a new week. Uh, we want to shout out to his family, and um, and and during these difficult times, it's you know we want to show a little bit of compassion for somebody that um, who fought a good fight while uh he's deteriorating his body was deteriorating and and I, it's just it's very sad but we we want to at the black and gold hockey podcast we want to recognize the effort there and and what the family's done and 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 gone through so uh condolences to family and friends yeah he was a local hero essex county boy went to BC, yeah went to bc and stand out there and just he did a lot in his 34 years, and everybody should aspire to be as uh, inspirational, you know, whether you know, he didn't do it for, you know, whatever, but you have two choices, I guess, in that situation with a disease like that, that you can fight, you know, do what you can while you have your chance, or yep. you can uh, do go the other way, and he said, hey, you know, bring everyone on for this crazy ride, right, and Absolutely. hundreds of millions of dollars, and someday, hopefully, there will be you know, a cure for this disease or a prevention for this disease or whatever has to happen, obviously, with the medical. But it is it was a big deal. The motorcade going down 95 the other day was, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, condolences and it's hard. But when you get to leave a legacy like that, you know, never forget people like that because they become your source of when you think you can't do it. You'd yep. be surprised what you can do. Exactly. Uh, and speaking of never forgetting... One thing I don't do is ever forget. I try, I mean, I'm terrible at remembering stuff, but when it comes to you, my friend Heather, I always have to give you a hard time. So my non-forgetfulness is when I ordered food from uh, your establishment, which is Geo's here in Amesbury, it's a fantastic, fantastic food place. Subs, pizza, calzones. I always get the the roast beef calzone with, with barbecue sauce in it and on the side but you You're like a barbecue sauce addict I'm a wicked barbecue sauce addict but you wrote a, a very um, unwelcoming note when I received it from delivery saying <laughs> that if you drink if you eat too much barbecue barbecue sauce you'll turn into a Habs fan I thought that that was very uncalled for we have been friends for a long time I don't think that that was needed at all and it really set my day at work into a into a spiral uh, downward so okay so this is why I did it because one you you know how to chirp your friends and I know exactly how to do it and partly that's because you love that barbecue sauce because I knew for a few moments at least you would pause and be like shit I might not eat that barbecue sauce oh, uh, but also because I have a long memory my friend and like I said I got a Habs Bruins deal someone reneged on uh, when he lost because that's what not a good loser sometimes. What was I supposed to do? Because I forget. This was the deal. <laughs> it was 2008, and we sucked, and we weren't going to make the playoffs. And you and I was like, oh, we're going to make the playoffs. Like, we're not making the playoffs. Because Mark didn't used to be such a positive fan, and all of you out there who actually I grew up. really know him know that. He used to be the... Right now, on that losing streak we just had, it would have been like, ah, whatever. So... Anyways, we bet. I said, we're going to make the playoffs. She said, we're not going to make the playoffs. I said, we're going to make the playoffs. If we make the playoffs, then fine. Then you have to wear a Habs hat. And if we 
don't make the playoffs next time, I'll wear a Montreal scarf to the Bruins game. But I won that bet, and you did not, and you did not wear the Montreal hat, and we've been to several games since then in which you could have done that. And I even gave you the out. You could have even just worn it around town so our locals could give you shit, and you still didn't do it. Excuse my language, people, but if you want to call me out on the barbecue sauce bag, I just got to bring the stuff from the past. That's no, I'm a... just kidding. I understand why you wouldn't want to do that. Oh, my That's head. why I won the bet, because... That's like holy water in the devil's head. You, it would burn. It so, would burn. So um, me writing that on the bag, is that better or worse than when my kid said to me, I'm gonna, when I said, don't forget, I'm being buried in my... Bruins sweater and scarf and my Bills sweatshirt too. And my son says to me, I'm going to bury you all in Montreal gear. You'll be dead. What are you going to do about it? And I said, I will haunt your ass like the worst poltergeist you've ever seen in your life. Nice. So now that we had that little tit for tat, let's let's get back. Let's look at the state of the Bruins. Yes, last we'll get into last week's games. Um, really, not uh, a thrilling time. Uh, like I said in the beginning of the show, towards the end, it was uh, much better, um, uh, but a little too late. They they really could have won a, a bunch of these games. But starting on December 9th, two thousand nineteen, the Boston Bruins played the uh, Ottawa Senators uh, on the road. And um, uh, Ottawa quickly get into a um, two to nothing lead uh, in the first period. Patrice Bergeron gets the Bruins on the board in the first period at the 17:48 mark, uh, scoring his ninth from Pasternak and Marchand. Second period, Ottawa gets a, another goal. They're up three to one. Third period starts with an Ottawa goal. They're up four to one uh, with a shorthanded goal. Jake DeBrusque gets his seventh goal from Pasternak and Marchand at the 17:45 of the third to give the Ottawa Senators a four-to-two lead. That was on the power play, and to end it, end the Bruins' misery in this game, um, the Ottawa Senators get their uh, fifth goal of the game and uh, end the game at five-two. So. Uh, not a good effort at all, in my opinion. These are teams that uh, you need to beat. And uh, Tuka Rask stopping uh, 23 or 26. He did not look good. Um, so, thoughts on that game, Heather? I thought it was just a continuation of the crap show Chicago game the week before. It was gross. We should never... Uh ever play like that versus I don't know like we'll talk about this later though about the why do we play down to team like it's not that they're playing down I, they were already in midst of not playing very well but just you know what we're talking we'll talk about that later but I did write down though like Bergeron's back yeah you know he just shows back up and Bergeron walks in there like he never wasn't there and it was good because he played normal minutes they weren't yep. babying him or whatever but Overall, I wanted to stab my eyes out because it was disgusting. So, can we not talk about the Monday game anymore? Okay. We can okay. definitely move on uh, because these these next three games I'm not overly thrilled about except for the last one. But anyway. It looked better at least. Yes. Oh, cocky. December 11th, the Boston Bruins traveled to the, cap the United States capital of Washington, D.C. to play the Washington Capitals. The Boston Bruins get off on uh, on a on a great foot at the 9:36 mark of the first period. David Pasternak scores his 26th, and 
it almost seems like the the wheels fell off. Um, TJ Oshie gets two second period goals. Uh, Sean Corrali scores his third in the beginning of the third period, the 2:53 mark of the third, to give the to tie the game at two. And uh, John Carlson, who's having an unbelievable yeah. season on the on the blue line, he's getting all the awards. Oh at yeah, the at the 4:42 mark of the third period, pretty much uh, wraps this game up. Uh, giving the Washington Capitals a three to two victory. Um, this I I kind of thought this game was a little better than the Ottawa game. Um, I don't know. It just uh, this this goddamn Washington team. We just cannot beat these guys. It's it's terrible. I don't even have any numbers on the last time these. These, well, the la- I know the last time, last season. Like, I don't know exactly what it's it like is. So don't fifteen games. Don't or yell like at that. Mark, but we yeah, it's like fourteen out of fifteen games yeah. we've lost to them. It's ridiculous. We and won one, like the opener or something, and it was a big deal like last year or something. It was, it was a like, two to nothing or one to nothing win last year for Tuukka Rask, and yeah. and that, I don't know, but not not a good effort again. And, and these are teams that you need to beat. These guys are at the top of the freaking the the league right now, top of the Eastern Conference. Um, and if you see them in the playoffs, you cannot have that effort. You need to be locked down um, and hold a lead. Damn it, hold a lead, please. But anyway, I regress a little. A couple things on this. One, how about Zidane O'Chara telling Tom Wilson, I don't think, son, just like the night I called my own man out song by Garth Brooks or whatever that is, like he... Whatever, it's hockey play. Tom Wilson's Tom Wilson, but Chara, I'm telling you, he was, he's going to be like 105 still playing in the NHL. This guy's a beast. And he's he still did chucking too. the nuts. Like he went, he did too. Like, he, like, there was a point where Tom Wilson looked at him enough, like, enough, sir. Like, yeah, thank, thank you, sir. May I have another? Yes, you may. That's yeah, what it was like. That so was keep that part. in mind, Tom Wilson, for all the jerky things that you do out there. I'm trying not to swear now that I've already used up some of my swears earlier ah. in the show. <laughs> swear uh, but. Yeah, thank you, Zidane Chara. We had talked about, does John Moore have to be the person? And that was all just my own, his own reaction to the thing that happened to him, not even standing up for a teammate. But you know what? If you're going to take five fighting, do it to someone like Tom Wilson, who deserves it. That's here, right. here. Uh, but I wrote down, like, they did play better, though. Like, yeah, was it the best effort you wanted to see against the Caps? No. Imagine if it was the horror show we watched on Monday. It would have been, like, 8-2 to two or some yeah, crap. So exactly. At least the... Like I said, I feel like we play down to the teams. Like, not not that play down. That I always say, like, because that makes them feel like they're not giving an effort. Because it's not that, but it's just, they look better versus the Capitals. Like, oh, yeah, we're playing them. We, I mean, they were a little faster, and they were a little more smart defensively. It wasn't as much of a horror show on the ice. That's what I thought. But the second period was the TJ Oshie show all day long. Oh, yeah. That's why he's an Olympian, my friend. Or was. I don't know what the logistics is of the Olympics at this point. <laughs> Um, the next game, the very next night on December 13th, 2019, the Boston Bruins traveled to MLA Arena, mm-hmm. and I said the St. Pete Times last week, but I recorrected myself. The uh, Boston Bruins get on the board quickly again at 426 mark of the first period, giving them a one nothing lead on Patrice Bergeron's 10th from Marchand and McAvoy, and they held the period. Which was good. I was feeling really good about this game. Um, and 
the uh, the second night of a back-to-back, which I never feel good about, just the Boston Bruins actually looked like they were in control until the second period when Steven Samkos got the home crowd involved, scoring his 12th from Nikita Kucherov at the 12.35 mark of the second period, tying the game on the power play. Um, filthy hands, filthy shot, just filthy player in general. He is... Um, the third period, Braden Point scores his 11th at 4.07. Steven Samkos again. Uh, and I'm sorry, that Braden Point goal was on the power play. Uh, Steven Samkos scores his 13th at the 15-13 mark to give the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning a 3-1 lead. And finally, uh, the Boston Bruins tried to get back a little bit, uh, getting the score to 3-2 at 16.45 of the third from John Moore, who scores his first goal from Bjork and Chara. But little too late on this one, the Boston Bruins fall three to two. So, um, Tugarask stops twenty-eight of thirty-one. Um, I don't know. I don't even want to go anywhere near goaltending this week because um, it was not not very good in my opinion. Mm, no. So, uh, thoughts on that game? Uh, again, like the Washington game, not maybe the best effort they put forth, but still not as crappy as the... Like, again, I'm trying to put it in perspective, because we were already on a streak of not playing so hot anyways, so I feel like Washington and Tampa, respectively, were each at least kind of a bounce back. It still concerns me that the points are all still coming in the same places, you know, like we talked about. I mean, not so much with this game, but with Washington. Uh, but... Well, we lost, so... Let's move on to Saturday. Things are looking up. Things are looking up. On Saturday, December 14th, which was actually last night, the Boston Bruins traveled to Sunrise, Florida. A a very empty Sunrise, Florida. Oh, it said there was like 15,000 people there. No, no, it wasn't. (laughs) Um, But the first period, Jake DeBrusque, beautiful goal, beautiful steal. He gets his eighth from McAvoy and Krejci at the 14:41 mark, and the second period, owned by the Boston Bruins, David Krejci gets his seventh from DeBrusque and Krug uh, at the third 3:14 mark of the second, two to nothing lead. David Pasternak uh, just continues to, to to be a nuisance to the league. Um, gets his uh, 27th goal of the season from Marshan and Krug. At the 7:30 mark of the second period, and on the power play, giving the Boston Bruins a three to nothing lead. Uh, third period, not so good. Uh, mark Pissick uh, comes back with a second at 2:46. Uh, Boston three to one. Keith Yandel, zonk, uh, gets his fourth goal from Trocek and Ekblad at the 9:13 mark of the third period. Uh, getting a little closer, but David Pasternak, his second goal of the game and his 28th of the season from Marshan and Bergeron, seals the deal at the 17:50 mark of the third period, giving the Boston Bruins a 4-2 victory, snapping a five-game losing streak. We're on a winning streak. Yay! Yeah, we're streaking with one game. Ooh. So sadly, I actually am happy about that because. 
I was like, dear God, I don't let us lose to Florida. Like I said, I, I changed it up. I tuned out. I yesterday I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I'm not. I can't. Like I think it's me. I don't know. It <laughs> seems to be something with that. The but, wardrobe uh, changed. Yeah. It was not awesome. even no socks. No, like I just no. Like stop. Yaroslav Halak made the start and goal for the Boston Bruins, stopping 31 of 33. Thought he still looked a little shaky, but at times looked brilliant. Yeah, so, still overall goaltending was kind of yuck. Oh, I agree. So your thoughts on last night's game, uh, not only they're snapping a five-game losing streak, but... Um, Anything else that you want to add before? Not really. Like I said, it seems like at least the bleeding has stopped on whatever was happening over the course of the last 10 days or so previously to the Florida game. Uh, I agree with you. I think Yarrow looked a little better. Goaltending's been a problem. Uh, but defense also has not been helping out goaltending, so I cannot put it all... Like, when I say defense, I mean whole team defense. Yep. So, again, I just refer back to my Washington-Tampa comment that at least it looks progressively more towards like hey okay now it's been you know luckily we had the a cushion and we're still pretty solid because sure. if that had happened and we had one of our normal starts to october and november we'd be in trouble right now absolutely but we're looking up things will look up things are changing um i just wanted to ask you how you thought about do you think the tuesday practice kind of they had, like, anybody who doesn't know, the Bruins, there was, like, a fake fight at practice, and Tuka smashed the crap out oh, of the yeah. stick. And it was, like, a, real, a funny, like, them blowing off steam kind of practice. Some but, folks didn't find it funny. They thought it was dead serious, and the team is going into dis into shambles because of the recent losing streak. But more or less, it was just, uh, like you said, it was a fun activity. It was the end of practice, uh, a little brawl, this and that, and, you know, it was just, it was something to to help break the ice on some tough times. And, we, you know, we did not, we're not going to be proponents of an 82-0 and season, never, at the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. We are realists. Yeah. <laughs> Things happen, teams lose, speed bumps um, are, are, are going to be... You know, Evelyn, uh, I said that word absolutely prevalent. wrong. Prevalent, yes. Um, regardless of any team, any 31 team in the uh, in the National Hockey League, losing is going to happen, but it sucks when it does. I get it. It's frustrating, but there's no need to absolutely lose your shit over it mm -hmm. um, or lose your shit over something, that, uh, a fun activity, because when, once that hit the internet, people shoot from their hips and immediately think that this team is, is, is going to lose uh, the rest of the year. So... Um, slow your roll on social media and um, you know, try to be a little more positive. Don't be me at 18. Be me at 44. <laughs> Mature as a fan. Right. But... Um, yeah, but like I, said, I heard some people like, do you really think that's what they should be doing when you lose that much? I'm like, well, they did a lot of winning before they did all this losing, so if that's the way that the coach and the team feels to best handle the situation, couldn't be getting much worse than Thursday and Monday, so... Right, yeah. and Bruce Cassidy is not going to go into that locker room after having a little fun and do his Billy Bean um you know, uh, with, with the Oakland Athletics and say, you know, is losing fun? You know, and then whip the bat and then, you know, that's not happening. So that was the movie Moneyball. I don't know if you saw that. I did with Brad Pitt. Yeah, it was yeah. A, a great movie. I saw it. I love baseball. Why would I not watch that? I know. Shut I did not face. read the book, though, I'll be honest. <laughs> All right. That was so go. we will uh, jump right into 
uh, next week's action. But before that, we do have to talk about show sponsor, betonline.ag. Hockey, football, basketball seasons are all in full swing. Get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college and professional ball. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser, straight bet parlay or tease your way through the season. You can even bet on wild proposition bets like who will be the college football playoff MVP, who will be the NFL MVP, and so on. Get the fastest to market up odds updates and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head over to betonline.ag today on your mobile device to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So. Um, yeah, so with with the action coming up, you should get involved. Get a free account. It's so easy. Betting is fun, and it helps our show. So support the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast by going to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50 to have a little fun. And uh, if you win, please send us some money. We love money. <laughs> so anyway, the upcoming games um, this week we are recording, as I said, on Sunday, um, December 15th. There are three games coming up, and all of them are at TD Garden, and all of them against teams that we have not seen this season, so we it's tough to gauge on what's going on. We don't pay a ton of attention to what goes on uh, around the NHL, which primarily stick it to the Boston Bruins topics only. So on Tuesday, December 17th, the Boston Bruins uh, hosting the LA Kings, the third to last in the league, LA Kings, um, and also a great opportunity to scout uh, Tyler Toffoli. Hopefully, he's in the lineup yeah. that day yeah. for trade purposes. Well, yeah, you're on the Tyler Toffoli. I am. Um, I like the TFO. But uh, the the Bruins uh, have a day off on the 18th. Come back to work against the stunningly red hot New York Islanders. They are. They are incredible. In fuego. Um, They're seriously. Seriously, a very good team, minus John Tavares, which I absolutely love. And I love the way the Toronto Maple Leafs are not doing good. I think they play better without Tavares, actually. That's not a knock on John Tavares. No, and he's a very talented player. Talented, but... and he seems to be an all-around good uh, captain-y type of person. But I think that since he's been a Maple Leaf, that they've actually been steadily improving, and the Capitals better watch their back. Yes. Um, so... The, uh, to, to end the week, the Boston Bruins uh, host the Nashville Predators. Again, we have not seen Nashville. Um, and that should be an interesting game. Uh, no matter what, if Pecorini's in that, you, you might see a, an outstanding goaltender and you might see a total flop. You never know with this team. Um, so going back to uh, the LA Kings game, they are not good at all, as I've said. They have four, five, and one in the last ten, and they've only got three road wins on the season. So this is a game that the Boston Bruins should handle uh, very nicely. Uh, please do not play this team like you did Ottawa. I'm sorry, I'm trying not to laugh because that's what I was thinking. Or you could just not play like you did versus Chicago and Ottawa at least, and 
That would be a win for me. Exactly. Uh, but the New York Islanders, they are on a three-game winning streak. They're 6-4-0 and oh in their last 10, and they are 9-5-1 and one on the road. So those numbers can be dece- deceiving a little bit. That you know, I mean, you got to get up for this game, and, and you cannot let the, this club come into uh, your house and continue any winning streak. So take them down. Um, and I also want to take the Islanders down just for my boy Frankie, the pizza Frankie Varelli, the pizza guy. He's a big Islanders fan. Barstool Sports. Well, the, Shout I- out. the Islanders are a serious team, though. They're second in the Metro behind Washington, and they're third behind Washington and Boston because we're the top two teams in the league in our conference, you know, respectively. The Islanders are third in all three categories. I mean, in all three categories, and the other two categories. So, I mean. It's like playing Washington last week. You better get up because they're playing good hockey. And they're just going, you know. Right now there's a gap still. It's starting to close, though, as we get deeper into the season point-wise. And people, you know, like the more you Agreed. play, obviously, the more it's going to even out. We're getting into that lull in the middle, right, where things really start drumming up. But uh, we need to, the Islanders game is the one that I think we have to be most worried about. Absolutely. And the the, uh, Nashville Predators game on Saturday at TD Garden, Nashville, is um, way out of it. Uh, They have a 14-12-5 record, 33 points. They are 5-6-1 away from their arena, and 5-3-2 in the last 10, and they're currently on a two-game losing streak. Anything can change from Sunday now and then Saturday then. So, regardless, another game. I mean, these three games... Except for the Islanders, I think I think the Islanders are definitely going to be that type of team that's going to be the biggest push in the week's action. But we've seen we've seen this Boston Bruins team this season beat some uh, some pretty good teams out there, so it can be done. It's, well, it's, we are a good team. That's we are a very we good team. We're the Boston Bruins. Just got to remember how rock. to play that way and figure it out. Yes. Figure it out, boys. More consistency. We're on a one-game winning streak. Let's get more consistent. It's always. I think it's just confusing to. Uh, I don't know what what's that Bruins podcast locked on Bruins that one. They, he was talking to this uh, who like does whatever. She's a Capitals writer, right? And they were talking that, and she was saying how she feels like teams like Washington and Boston are the teams like because she was complaining about how they do the same thing. Like they lay down it seems when they're playing Detroit, you know, but then they're back up on their game when they're playing Boston. Like these kind of things are weird. And uh, I wonder why like the best teams do that. But like I said, there's this year in the NHL, there's not a lot of elite teams. Like last year, there was a lot of like kind of elite teams that could have been anyone's game. We everyone thought Tampa was going to run away with it, but in between, there were a lot of good teams. Yeah. But there are a lot of people who still think that Toronto's going to win the Stanley Cup. I don't think they're going to win the Stanley Cup, but they could win the Stanley Cup. That's the great thing about hockey. But the Predators, they are been very disappointing this year. Yeah. There could be a coaching change there, I think, sometime in the near future if things don't turn around. David Poyle's a tough one. He mm. he sticks with his coaches, and I mean, you look at Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz stayed in in um, in Nashville for like fifteen years. So I get the um, the 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 whole. I don't know. Yeah. Well, when your team kind of. Your team, your loyalty. Pieces move. Loyalty is the word I'm yeah. looking for. Yeah. Well, you know, when your team moves around a bit and you're not quite the team that you were, and that happens, and you have a new coach and all that, but at the same time, they should not be as low down on the list as they are. But that's the story of the league this year, I think. Exactly. Um, we are going to take our first break. Yeah. 
it's about that time we're going to hear from the great folks at college hockey inc check them out check out their podcast great job by brett schlossman and nate yule um fantastic show it's all about college hockey but you also if you have a child uh or you're listening to this program and you're thinking about going to college these reach out to these guys um just any questions you have um, they're great folks to talk to and, and kind of steer you in a right in the right direction of um, schooling and, and, and playing hockey at that uh, the collegiate level. So uh, hear a little commercial from them and we'll be right back. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand score! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! We are back from a little break and heard from the great folks at College Hockey Inc. Follow them on Twitter at College Hockey Inc. Um, we got some topics we're going to discuss now uh, and probably for the rest of the show. So uh, let's kick it off with past David Pasternak not good at shootouts. Decline him from future participation. Sounds I do not. Me. This is ridiculous. I and I am not harping on this guy because he's a terrible player, terrible teammate, or anything like that. But you are leading the league in. So many offensive categories, goal scoring, everything, I don't know. But why is this guy so bad at shootouts and penalty shots, which is basically the same thing? It's an individual effort, and it doesn't even look like he's giving 100% effort. He looks like he skates in and just kind of throws a muffin at you. And I don't understand it, and it's frustrating. I think it's because that's a one-on-one skills competition and not all great players are good at that kind of thing. Just like there are plenty of people who can walk in and snipe a goaltender when it's one-on-one, but you put them in a game situation where there's two defensemen and people moving, you know what I mean, coming in, moving parts, they might not be able to hit the net, you know. So I don't know, though. I would never put him in a shootout. I don't care if he's got 20 goals or not. I love you, Pasta, but that is not your skill set. Like, it's just, I don't know why he doesn't. I don't get it at all. I I mean, I would think that if you have nobody basically on you, you know, covering you, and most of the time lately because he's been doing so good, he's getting double covered, but still finds a seam to get a goal that way um, in an individual effort between him and the goaltender, doesn't make enough moves with nobody on him to make anything happen. And that that I don't I just don't understand. I mean, there's got to be something to it. I don't know. Of course, I'm not gonna know. But you know, not very successful. No, <laughs> I mean, not successful at all. And it's and it's a little frustrating from a, a kid that's so damn talented. And um, so hopefully, uh, Pastor, um, please practice a little bit more on your uh, individual skills because you might be needing them soon. Well, yeah, like, the shootout is neither here nor there, because I think the shootout sucks anyways, and you could pretty much, I mean, they're all professional hockey players, and some shootouts, all of them will end up shooting anyways. I just don't understand that being one of your first three, like, the part where you can probably maybe win the game if you do it right. Uh, 
but I need you to be able to do it on like the penalty shot yesterday. Like I need you to be able to follow through on that skill when it does count <laughs> in that. So yeah, Passa or Bruce, just stop giving him that chance. Like just, if we go to the shootout, ignore him. Just Passa, you know what? You've done enough, buddy. You right? sit down there. Have like Halak come off the bench and do it. <laughs> have to, we'll put like Corrali or somebody in. Give them a second yeah. to like maybe have something that's give so, somebody that's gonna come in and not the air quote Jack Edwards serpentine route uh, to the net and then just throw a little muff at um at the goaltender. Give somebody that's gonna like multiple moves and get the goalie moving and then kind of go snipe backhand. I, Top shelf. I agree. We run behind the cookies and I hide the pornos. Just no, kidding. I don't need to know that about you. No, <laughs> I stole that from 98.5. Yeah, I'm sure you, Well, the top shelf where your mom puts the cookies thing is kind of a general cliche. It at is. This point. It is. Uh, but like, yeah, no more Pasternak. You know, no more Pasternak. I'm, I'm done. I hate the shootout. I hate everything to do with the one-on-one. One-on-one skills. One-on-one skills. Because the Boston Bruins are terrible at it. There Seriously. should always be at least three players on the ice at once. Yeah. It's like, don't... don't fake fight after practice yeah practice you shoot them <laughs> jesus be kind of proactive like everyone man. else gets to fake fight past yeah. you go take you go shots yeah yeah down there so there. yeah i'm just uh it was just so frustrating from a kid that's so damn talented but anyway i regress again digress we digress whatever <laughs> jesus all right, so the the next topic we are going to jump on is the Bruins second line was a was key in the win over Florida Panthers, and, and this one was uh, uh, very good to see. It's great to see Jake DeBrusque uh, and David Krejci play very well, uh, and then the addition of Charlie Coyle, which I'm not a fan of on the second line. I'm absolutely not a fan of him moving. I know. I know I'm repeating myself, but it's so frustrating. He did look good with those guys. I think he worked very well on that line. But it's still something I don't want to see. Now, if he is point if he's producing points with his puck possession capabilities, absolutely. I would Get it, garner a little more consistency in his game and see where he goes from there. But he is so spotty. Just leave him on the third line. I, you know what? Uh, I, it's so frustrating sometimes when Bruce does this. But the worst part about it is I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up a screenshot from Jack Edwards' uh, uh, Twitter account yesterday. Um, he puts Corrali in the third line center. On the third line, I said that. Sorry, and Heinen on the on the uh, right, and Buick on the left. I'm not saying Corrali should have been that third line. I mean, second line right wing. I mean, even Bacchus there could have been a little productive. Who knows on that? But that's not my choice. That's where I like Bacchus. Yeah, it's third just line, right so. I, I just don't. I didn't get it. It worked for one game. People are losing their minds saying that this is the best line in hockey now, blah, blah, blah. Well, let's see if they can get, it, get it, a little consistency because I, I can almost guarantee that when L.A. comes to uh, town on the 17th of December, um, I could see Bruce bringing him back to the third line center. Yeah, so why, why continue to toy with it if you're not going to 
create inconsistency with it. I don't know. It's just frustrating. The inconsistency isn't helping with the inconsistency of the second line right wing situation. Good, good point. No, that's basically the conundrum. It's been a decade of like rotating wingers in and out in the in that whether it be via trade or just people didn't pan out or whatever. Also, stop moving people. Stop moving what is working. That's I don't understand that. I don't yeah. know, but I'm not obviously Bruce Cassidy is a professional, and I'm not trying to question his judgment. It just confuses me a little bit sometimes. To that. <clears throat> so let's move on from my frustrations and um, go to one topic that I thought was frustrating, but I am rescinding my comments um, on Wednesday, uh, December 11th, the Boston Bruins were in, Pro in Providence, in Washington, D.C. to play the Capitals, and before the game, the... Uh, the league was honoring the uh, recipients to the uh, United States Hockey Hall of Fame. And uh, one of those members that was inducted to the Hockey Hall of Fame in the U.S. was Tim Thomas, former Boston Bruins goaltender, uh, uh, Vizina Trophy winner two times, and a Stanley Cup in 2011. Uh, so he's getting honored uh, with a call to the Hall, which is, I, I, you know, good for him. But I know in the past that I have not had pleasant comments about Tim Thomas and the player. Um, and that is due to my um, inexperience in what was really going on with Tim Thomas. And, and basically, shortly after that game on uh, Wednesday the 11th, it came out that um, he's he's got some major problems and and I want to uh, I want to apologize for the things that I did to I don't think I went to the point of hatred and 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 terrible words I just more or less was disappointed in in the way he acted um, with his time in the Boston Bruins organization but now it's come out that he's he's gotten some help and um, he's he's kind of getting a little better with with coming out of his shell and, and in the crowds. But to make a long story short, he he was going through times that he was thinking about suicide um, and concussion issues that he brought up. Um, who knows if he's got CTE? You know what I mean? I mean it, this. But regardless, I nobody knew this. Nobody knew this because he went into a bunker and just and hunkered down and didn't say anything about it. But now he comes out and says something. So uh, a lot of the stuff that I said, I want to apologize for. But just the fact is the stuff that he did. I, I, granted, the the White House thing, I, I disagree. Whatever. I mean, I get I get everybody has their points and what they want to do in, in comfort zones and blah blah blah. And when it comes to politics, I can't stand politics. But it's, you, you should be there for your team. If you're there on the ice of 82 games, you should be there for the team on any off-ice um, activities as well. So, didn't agree with that. I don't like the way that he um, treated the organization after when he started to become a good goaltender. He gained trade value. And with trade value became rumors. 
And the Bruins did, in fact, want to move him because he was a hot goaltender. And the Bruins at the time were not that good before 2011, obviously. He took that very personally. And I know for a fact he took it personally because his helmet was full of Bruins colors and then all of a sudden went to white. So as a goaltender myself, if you want to make a statement on your helmet, you use that as your, as your platform. So I don't believe that he was very happy about being uh, rumored as to move. And he took it upon himself to do things like that. The other thing I do not like was the, the leave of absence. I believe that that was more or less uh, a, an act to get back at the Bruins for uh, uh, said trade. Um, because the fact is that uh, they, his dollar value was left on the, um, the salary cap. So they held his money. They couldn't do anything with him or his money for a whole season. And then obviously did not come back um, to the Boston Bruins and then went to New Jersey and Dallas and Florida and ended his career. So uh, congratulations on the Hockey Hall of Fame. I, um, you know, and, and hopefully he continues to find the help that he needs and, and gets because uh, obviously it's, it's, uh, it's a growing concern in the league today with um, head injuries and this and that. So, um, Heather, what are your thoughts before I... I, one, I, I don't think you ever hated Tim Thomas that bad. You always, I mean, you have valid points, but this is just. He was not a good goaltender for the first four years of his career. And I get that. So attacking someone on that thing. As for choices, like, like I disagree with you on, like, I don't think like athletes should have to go to the White House just because they win something because the team mandated it on their off season. I don't think that because some people like you don't even care about politics. So like, why should I be forced to? Yeah. I, I don't know why someone wouldn't, no matter who is holding the office, because I think it would be cool to get the tour and all that. But I also think it's their off season. And if they would rather spend an extra day with their kids and their wife or whatever, and their parents, I don't really care whether they meet whoever is in office, whoever the president is, that kind of thing. But I think that goes to show you that there was a lot more going on like, you don't know the leave of absence and the thing. You don't know that's not where a lot of it started. And it just, you know, at the time, obviously, it was definitely coming across just as kind of like being a spiteful, like all this. Because let's face it, it happened very abruptly, the turnabout. Whether he was upset about the possible trade four years before that or whatever is one thing and changing your goal helmet. But, like, he did stay here and he did help win the cup and did, you know, whatever. And... Him and Tuca did their thing. You know what I mean? Yep. And Manny did their thing. But we don't know. Like, that's clearly... I don't know if what trigger happened that maybe sent it off. But that is clearly where, like you said, he still played three other teams. But it wasn't that long. He took the leave of absence. Then he was didn't come back. And then he, like, within a year to two seasons, just, like you said, disappeared totally. Yep. And I'm glad he's getting better. I like Tim Thomas just because... I mean, he was a, you know, he deserves to be in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame player-wise. Like, whether he ever was the greatest, you know, NHL goaltender ever, he's definitely one of the best collegiate goaltenders ever, and he earned his reputation in there and in the Olympics and several other places, and it's good he gets recognized by that. I think it's always better when people get healthy. So, But I think that maybe, because there are some people who, um, like I like I said, I feel you were mostly critical about his play as a goaltender as opposed to personal choices. And I call him the flop and flounder. Right. 
Because he was. So I wouldn't be too hard on yourself on that aspect. But I do think it's nice that, and hopefully other people, a lot of Bruins fans, I, not that you're representative of everybody, right. you know, but there are a lot of Bruins fans that are in your camp of like, I just can't come back from what Tim Thomas did. Like, right. you know, but uh, it's nice though that, I mean, we all, it's moments like this where we all recognize like, well, crap, like, who knows? Like, we don't know. We see them as players in their interviews post-game, but we don't know these people off the ice and what they're going through or even sometimes not knowing what they're going through and they, they're, everybody needs to be healthy and stable. And it's nice that, you know, because after time when you go through things like this, sometimes it's hard to get out. Like you said, now he's starting to come back in make appearances and this and that. And sometimes people never get back to that point. So that's encouraging. But the the... Shortly after that, obviously, the, the Tim Thomas fans out there that supported him completely throughout his career, regardless of uh, what came out on Wednesday um, or what happened in, in his previous years, are, are clamoring for him to be a, a member of the uh, NHL's Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, you know, it's, it's, for me, that that's a little that's a little stretch. Folks are reaching because they're they're fans. They're showing their fandom and they're showing their appreciation for what he did. Um, but uh, when you look at the facts, um, yeah, Tim Thomas, two two time Vezina Trophy winner, Stanley Cup champion. But uh, I I go back to Rogi Vachon, uh, who played for several teams in the NHL, won a couple cups, um, and uh, didn't get his call for thirty plus years. It's hard getting so, it as a goaltender, anyways. Yeah, so I, I, I am not, I am not on board with the, with the uh, let's get him involved into the Hall of Fame discussion um, shortly after he comes out and and obviously tells the the world about his problems and what's going on in his head. Um, that's that's not enough for me. Um, so I, I do believe he's going to get his call, but it's not going to be anytime soon. See, and I don't think it. I think it would be completely unfair if if he does get it within a year or two. I think that would be uh, shameful on the on the Hall of Fame um, people that do all the inductions, their history, and so on. I, I think that there's pe- folks out there that um, are more deserving of uh, of that honor opposed to somebody that you know. I, I don't want him to be in the Hall of Fame because of his story. It should be about his play. Well, it wouldn't be about a story. Everybody's got a story. My thing is that I have a problem with the Hall of Fame sometimes that, and this is all Hall of Fames, like Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, whatever, like Hall of Fames, is that the criteria is so flexible for what it takes. Like, should it be, like, for me, maybe Tim Thomas gets his jersey, you know what I mean? And the Bruins, you know, like, we've talked about this, right? When... When there was the uproar over Rick Middleton going up in the rafters, well, that is your team's like Hall of Fame, and mm-hmm. they get to decide whether it's political or otherwise or whatever, you know, whatever reason. Like just because you don't think Rick Middleton should be up there, the Boston Bruins only have X amount of jerseys up there for a reason. There's right. a reason that he is recognized up there. Well, I, I still the, don't the think national... he should get. I still don't think he should get his up in the rafters at TD Garden. Well, that's fine, but that's I a different... I think Jerry Chivas should get his up there and, first. And that's fine. You could list a hundred players. I mean, the team's been around for a century yeah, you know? I know. But what I'm saying is that the actual Hall of Fame is different than your team or your club who you played for as Hall of Fame. And I think it's important. Nowadays, everyone thinks everybody should be in the Hall of Fame. And there's a lot of people, like, 
no offense, like, JR's not in the Hall of Fame, so, like, until right. he goes, like, I, I, maybe that's just a bias being a kid who grew up in the time that I did, but, like, when I look at a list of some of the greatest players just in my lifetime that aren't in there yet, you know, I get that. Um, but I also think that Hall of Fame's easily, like, and it's not to downgrade anybody's achievement for getting in there, but Hall of Fame's also come, like, a collective of a, we just want to also have all our favorite people from the eras in there too and that's not necessarily right because you could i mean you look at numbers right like joe thornton joe thornton's a hall of fame player he never hoisted a stanley cup mm -hmm. and things like that you know what i mean still has a lot of other accolades to go through clearly he's a hall of fame player but he's gonna have to wait his turn because there will be people more not saying he's gonna wait long he's the type of player that in short order does end up getting you know you have to wait your x amount yep. of time but then you have people like Tim Thomas, who has won a Stanley Cup and has won, you know, outstanding tro in his in his position, trophies for his position and everything. And then you can argue he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, you know. So it's yeah. like that. You can go back. For and me, forth, I, right? I feel like we should have like a better system of deciding. Oh sure. Because sometimes I think someone who had longevity and overall effect, like you might, like a Pecorini, you might not have always been the top goaltender, but you served as a goaltender and your longevity at, in that position, to me, not saying he should be in the hall, but like that's a marker I think that's just as important as how many goals you scored or whatever kind of, you know, accolade. All right, wow, that was a long rant about yeah, it Thomas. Was. Yeah, it was. Do you but, feel better now that you got it off your chest? I mean... Because you were feeling a little guilty, but you still... I it's do all right feel, to I still do, feel the way you feel. I do feel guilty about what I said, but I just, you know... when you, I, I'm on social media all the time. It's mm -hmm. kind of my job, and not really, but it kind of is to get information and so on. So I read a lot of stuff, and, and I just don't want the story to be overtaken by his actions on the ice and and the fact is that he, he did win a Stanley Cup in 2011 but that doesn't garner a, an immediate freaking red carpet to the hall for me it does to other people because they were huge fans and their fandom is overtaking the facts of what he didn't and didn't do on the ice so it's just that so we'll, we'll end that rant right there and move on we're to the next him. two folks well, we're going to take a break in 10 minutes, so... Okay. But two folks that are not going to get in the Hall of Fame anytime soon um, are uh, two Boston Bruins players that are currently on the roster, which I have no idea why. Um, but we, I do have to touch on the thoughts of the uh, John Moore and um, from Ed Madsen on Facebook, uh, Brett Ritchie. Um, I, I don't get it. I, I I don't even. I can't even say that John Moore is being played right now to showcase him for a trade because, I mean, in my honest opinion, he has not played well. Uh, not gonna injuries or not, there's players that deserve that roster spot over him, big time in my opinion. Uh, and from what I've seen since he's come back, has been nothing but, um, not good, terrible. Brett Ritchie don't get his addition either. Uh, short money, million dollar deal, basically got brought into the lineup or the organization to uh, have the younger kids in Providence fight for jobs and, and obviously he won the job out but I don't think that he was the right player so no clue where we're going with this one, thank God it's only a one year deal. John Moore on the other hand has several more deal uh, years on his five year contract. Um, are these two experiments over 
continuing. I, I can't, I just cannot stand when these guys are in the lineup anymore. And that's no pun. Okay, first of all, I don't, Moore or Miller were always going to come back and be on that defense. And I would like to, actually, one of my things I wrote down is I think that there's been a little bit too much John Moore psychotic, uh, like, hatred towards him because... A, he's just coming back from a long injury. Like, we want to we give lee, leeway to McAvoy and Carlo. They didn't, weren't at trading camp. They weren't this. They were young. But, like, John Moore is not... He's not old, but he's not a young buck, and he just came back from a major injury. He has only been back in the lineup for a little... He is certainly not the reason we went on that losing streak, okay? I, I get that. And but his play I'm constitutes saying, uh, I'm just saying that criticism. It, right, but at the same time, he I'm not seeing a lot of things from him that I'm not seeing from everyone else on that back end either. So what I'm saying Shouldn't is maybe, maybe, so who would you put there that you think is going to be so Somebody else. Changing? Somebody else. Because I don't think that he's been a detriment either. I think that we've been playing like crap. I'm not saying the wins or loses are on him. I'm just saying that his play is not good enough to stay in the lineup. Yeah, but he hasn't necessarily been consistently in the lineup either, though. Uh, regardless of the injury. Because there, too. And, you know, he got waived. Well, I know. But that's the only reason Moore has been more consistently in there. But even when it... Before Camfer got waived, it wasn't like he put all of a sudden he bumped somebody out to right. have that spot. If it's anybody, much like what is Bacchus or whoever gonna play tonight on the wing? That's if anybody, I would have waived John Moore. Okay, but like you said, and like I waived Brett Ritchie too. Well, Brett Ritchie, whatever, it's neither here nor there. He literally plays like thirty minutes every now. Like I don't know why we would have picked him in the first place, but again, it's not like there's anyone else that we really have that isn't like currently would be there like if we had Carson Kuhlman healthy again or something like that then I'd be like all right good to go on that but everyone else has to take a breath we have the trade deadline coming up we talked about when Moore and Miller got back if you want to try to trade them which I would rather trade John Moore try to even if he doesn't look so hot some team might need this veteran defenseman to get them through as a backup, a reserve, or whatever. We don't have spots to just have him not. You know, like right. we had to sit when we used to have, like, what was his name? Lyles. What was our defenseman that just stayed in the ninth floor for, like, three years and, like, was never there? But if we want to try and maybe package him to get him out of town come February, you know, you have to, like we talked about, you got to be seen in the lineup again, yeah. too. I just think right now we're overall playing like crap. So, like, if we get our shit together and John Moore still looks this bad, because, again, he's not the only one that's, yeah, he had a few tripping the other day. I feel like it was that one particular game where he had a couple penalties and whatever else, but he's also scored a goal. And again, he hasn't been back that long. So right. I, Brett Ritchie's neither here nor there. I don't, again, we, like we talked about, I don't think Moore and or Miller are going to be here by season's end, but I don't think it's as bad as everyone's making it out either. Because, again, we the back end is, like last week we were all over like, so it's fair because we were all over McAvoy. But right. at the same time, he just came back from a major injury. It hasn't been that long. He hasn't been the only one in there because until Camper got waived, he was there. And I think we still would have more value waiting and trying to packaging him for a potential trade or whatever than to just waive him and him. Someone would probably pick up a John Moore because it's not that much salary and it's not that much longer of a contract. It's true. So no, that's my only point. Like, you can be mad at John Moore. I I'm mean, not I'm, mad. I'm just I'm mad. I'm mad at his addition into the lineup because if he's being, if he's being exposed for trade value, he's not playing well. So what team in God's great earth is going to say I need that guy? You know what I'm saying? 
And if you're not at a complete 100%, don't be on the ice. There's other people that need opportunities too. Yeah. Like, like this guy's getting played over Connor Clifton. I have a problem with that. So you can have a problem with that. But I have a serious problem with that. There are reasons you may or may not know why they may be doing what they're doing. And if, we're, if it's going to be trust Bruce Cassidy to do it, I mean, don't we also trust him like all around with the team? Maybe this is partly because Connor Clifton is still young and he has... He walked in, and then they wave, obviously wave Camper because Clifton because of the situation and the whatevers. Great. Obviously, don't wave Clifton. Wave Camper. But at the same time, maybe now that John Moore's back, this kid can get some rest. You know, because he, we do need our youth and speed when it comes later in this. Yeah. Like, that'll help protect our older defensemen, things like that. Speed. That's all I'm saying is that it could also be maybe Connor Clifton to his benefit to not always be out of lineup because it's not like Clifton hasn't played as well. It's not like more. They still have split time. It's not like we've never seen Connor Clifton right. since more. I just that's all I mean. I just can we breathe about the John Moore? No, I, I understand. But I'm not still, just you. I've heard some crazy. I'm just I'm not even on social media and I've heard things crazy. Sometimes I just wonder about Bruce Cassidy and his decisions. I'm I'm. I'm God, I hate. To I don't this. understand Par Lindholm. If we want to go there, I well, don't know. Yeah, that's that's on Sweeney, uh, and, yeah. and Brett Ritchie's on Sweeney too. But my my whole thing with um is John Moore is not in the foreseeable future plans, uh, like like a player like McAvoy and Carlo and all these guys who have made mistakes. I agree, they have not looked good recently. Whatever, but they're also in the future plans. John Moore, I do not see. I see them trying to move him as soon as possible because the fact is that there's a bottleneck down in Providence for with kids that want to, that need to be up here too. That's that's I don't know. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you, Mark. What I'm saying to you is just like we've talked in the past. Even you don't think there's many of the defensemen down that can kind of, if necessary, walk in. That that's why we have. That's why we got John Moore. I mean, First right. place because we had so many defensive injuries for a few years in a row where we just did not have enough defensemen to play, yeah. and I that's probably exactly what they're trying to do. But we can't not show him at all. Like like we talked about, like you have someone who's been injured that long. Someone's gonna even if they're a shit show, want to see them at least on the ice and healthy yeah. enough to be on the ice. The rest of it might be able. To, they might be willing to take that. So I'm not disagreeing with you. I yeah. just think that. There's been a lot of not you necessarily how right. you just presented right. it, but you've probably seen it on the social media of like all the, like this is John Moore's fault. All of a sudden we played like right. this for ten days. No, it's not. Not that's not just it. But we're we've been confused about the lineup a lot this year. If there was a player to come up in place of John Moore, uh -huh. of course I'm gonna always say Connor Clifton, but Alex Petrovic is um, Petrovic or however you say it. Uh, has been playing very well down in Providence, mm -hmm. and, and another person that is more deserving, in my opinion, of of time on a two way deal and so on. But the thing is, with that is, if he comes up, and then you have to bring him down, he has to go through the waiver process. So. Well, that's why he didn't end up when Moore and Miller were both still at the beginning of the season. Right. He probably would have been one of the seven, but they couldn't do that, and also because we have Camper too. Like you, you know what I mean? Yep. It was the way they had to play the system is partly why he wouldn't be. A, and I get that, but. He also was not part of the long-term plan either. Yeah. He was specifically brought here for a tryout to put a little fire into some people's asses, give them a place and to And I know I'm doubling and, down. I'm yeah. doubling down on that. I understand that. Yeah. But I, I, always, I, I just feel that there's better players, better opportunities something. out there than John Moore. So. Well, I'm just saying, I just mean like the, when I mean the long-term, when you brought up the long-term plan, I meant how like, like Eurovac and Nine and then they are part of the long-term plan. And yeah. we talked about how maybe... 
they're not quite there. But I, I just don't, I mean, if it's April and we still have John Moore, then whatever, or he continues, you know, but I just mean everybody gets a little bit of leeway. And also he came back at a time where we were starting to, which teams do again, we're not apocalypse now, people. We know right. it's an 82 game season. Right. But that's why I'm like, it's funny how even like people who are like us who are pretty even keel and get like it's the, an end game thing. It's not a, at this moment thing. Right now, like you're all flustered with a John Moore and a Richie, you know what I mean, no, and whatever. Terrible. And I think that's partly because we were been a little spoiled as fans this year of our team playing really well, really well overall. You know, we've had some yucky games, but overall, sure. like there's a reason everyone on everywhere is talking about the Bruins because we are one of the best teams in the league, and we have been obviously just everyone was just showing our strengths. Uh, but all those little players, like Richie, the worst comes to worst he will be gone at the end of the year because that's all he signed for. Yeah. I all year have been like, for me, I'm like, why did we sign Par Lindholm? Yeah. Because on one hand, this goes back to, and I don't know if you want to just kind of keep going with Real how quick I... quick before we do this. Know how I brought up about, like, Nordstrom, Wagner, Corrali and them. I feel like when you're playing, like, crap, they shouldn't be playing less than their regular nine or ten minutes. They should be playing more to, A, get the people who get the heavy minutes anyways a little bit more break, and also because there are grinders and there are people who get it going, and they're struggling within themselves, but then it's like it's like you're not being punished because you need to play those other players, the top six, more than your bottom six, but at the same time, it's our bottom six that always kind of punches our top six back and gets them and helps lift them back up when they're struggling, which I'm not saying they were, I just, as a team, and... Yeah. That's how I feel. Like, why do we have to put Par Lindholm in? Like, why can't I just let, you know, whoever have more minutes? Like, this is annoying to me. Um, but anyways, that was that. All right. So we will take our second break. We're going to hear from the great folks at the store next door up in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, Canada. They do great things for great for great folks. Uh, they build uh, awesome um furniture out of broken hockey sticks and other useful items around the house. Um, let's give them a shout at thestorenextdoor.ca and uh, yeah, check out their website and, and get get your uh, your last minute Christmas deals uh, from them. I think I believe they still will be able to ship uh, as soon as possible. So, like I said, they're a great 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 group of people doing great things. So, we'll be right back. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. And we are back after a great word from the great folks at the store next door in Yarmouth, Canada. Check them out thestorenextdoor.ca um, It's that time of year where <laughs> uh, it seems when teams are really uh, looking 
good, but they want to look better in a preparation of uh, a long Stanley Cup run as the Boston Bruins did last season, and they want to do it again. But the Taylor Hall uh, trade rumors are uh, plentiful. That's all anyone wants to talk about is Taylor Hall. <laughs> he is the uh, highest commodity right now, uh, being his last year of his uh, current deal with New Jersey. And, and from my understanding and what I've read and heard from people that cover the New Jersey Devils is that he's pretty much, not in words, but pretty much it, it, um, told the media that he'd like to test the free agent market. Yeah, he's checked out. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, with, with a team that's actually going nowhere uh, this season, uh, he's going to want to look to go to a contender. And in return, uh, Ray Shero, uh, Devils GM, is going to look uh, at assets coming back to build on for next year. Because I really don't see this team coming. They're not going to be the St. Louis Blues of last year uh, in, in, in the beginning of January, just catch fire and, uh, and go on to win. So um, changes are going to be made. And, but where, you know, there's this... Rumors out there that have been slightly confirmed. Uh, Jimmy Murphy from BostonHockeyNow.com has uh, has mentioned several times that the Boston Bruins are in the discussions, but they're not the front runners. And even furthermore, uh, when information came out, um, they are probably not going to pursue Taylor Hall because of the fact that they've got their own. Uh, work to do over the offseason, uh, retaining UFAs and um, and RFAs on their own that are smaller salary caps, to to say the least. But um, uh, hearing that uh, the Phoenix Arizona Coyotes could be the the front runner for Taylor Hall and uh, possibly St. Louis, so which would make St. Louis a very dangerous team. But. Uh, thoughts on uh, on him? Uh, I love Taylor Hall. I know he hasn't always been a thing. I feel like he's a <clears throat> player. Excuse me, let me talk a little louder. That'll hit there. But uh, I would have taken him one over. Ta I would have taken him over Tyler Sagan. I think that he would have had a different career if Boston had drafted him. The great thing. Taylor Tyler. I. <laughs> yeah, it was the big debate, and I kept saying no. I would, and I think he, you know, he's not getting any younger, and he spent a lot of time in a couple markets that it's not going to happen there. You know, like just like, I mean, look at Edmonton; they're playing well. I just mean, but they're also at a spot where they might lose, have have a a short history of losing two of the best draft picks in the last, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't blame Taylor Hall. I think that he stuck around and didn't try to make a stink about it. Hoping that the additions of Subban and, you know, whatever, and Hughes and all of them would make a, a significant difference now to at least see light at the end of the tunnel. And I think we're all a little shell-shocked that Jersey's... We didn't think they'd be that good, but we didn't think they'd be as bad as they're yeah. playing either as yeah. well. Um, we can't afford Taylor Hall, but trust me, like I said, in my heart, if we could afford Taylor Hall, I will not sacrifice the possibility of signing several of the other players to get a Taylor Hall... Do I think that would solve some problems? I, th I think it would solve problems for everyone. Uh, I think one of the interesting ones I've heard him going to is Buffalo because they have something brewing there, right? Like, yeah. you know, they do. And we talked about this. They've had a coaching change. You know, there's been a lot of movement on the offseason. They're, like, you know, addressing some of the issues that 
when people were comparing their star, they, remember they went on their streak last year and then tanked off, but people were comparing when they had had a thing and then they started tanking a little bit. But Buffalo, I think, is a little more resilient than that this year. I mean, what are they? They're second in the Atlantic right now, right? So, I mean, they're holding in the top three. You know, it's not that they've... Even if they've fallen off, they're not... Their consistency in their play. So that might be a, an interesting destination, you know, for him, but uh, we can't afford him. It's nice that he would consider us, and why wouldn't he? He's going to be looking at St. Louis, you know, for the, all the same yep. reasons. He's going to be looking to win now, sooner or later. Yeah, it's going to be a big contenders. give another six, you know, we just can't afford him. Like, as sexy as that might sound. And some people say that, you know, we're thinking right now, there's, oh, geez, you're talking about Arizona be a contender, but look, I mean, they got a 19-12-4 record and 42 points, and they're leading the Pacific, so... They're well in the uh, in the conversation of, uh, of playoffs and 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 could make a run too. I mean, um, what's his name? The coach, I forget. What? Coach of Arizona. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I keep saying Dave Tippett. Oh yeah, it. no, it's not Dave Tippett. It's who's the guy else? that loves Phil Kessel? Rick Talkett. Rick Talkett. Yeah. Thank you. I'm like, who's the guy that loves yeah. Phil Kessel? Um, getting back to the. Uh, I was a little distracted. Sorry. The Bruins talk. There was a fake. Twitter account, uh, the Boston Bruins fake Twitter account, and you could tell by how fake it is, is because number one, there's no blue check mark, okay. and the second thing is, look at how many eyes are in Bruins. Yeah. So this is totally fake, but it's interesting. The Boston Bru- it says the Boston Bruins have acquired forward Taylor Hall from New Jersey in exchange for Euro Vakanin and John Moore, and a conditional 2020 first round pick. Okay, two problems. John Moore going back to New Jersey, not happening. The Euro Vakaninen, there's a little, that's a valid point there. He's a young prospect that's going to be up and coming that New Jersey might be attractive to. But seriously, who puts a conditional, who puts a condition on a 2020 first round pick? Now, here's the thing. Conditional picks are on the premises of if the team if the team does good or where the player's going, say if they make the playoffs, you move up, you move down. So <laughs> you're, you're already a conditional first round pick makes no sense. It would make sense if that was a second round pick. Hmm. And then the condition was if he makes the payoffs playoffs, it becomes a first round pick. You can't go anywhere after the first round pick. You've got nobody. So you can't even say conditional. It's so stupid. Yeah, you can't swap so, with anybody. There's no use to you. <laughs> whoever is doing these fake accounts with fake trade rumors, I give you a little bit of credit for being creative, but you're being a dumbass because you're setting franchises on fire because we all know that we all have fan bases that shoot from the hip. Once they see something, they get excited. And when you tell them it's fake, it's like, oh, no, you're just being a hard-ass, Mark, as usual. Never seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. But when you bring them the evidence of, look at the account and tell me what's wrong with it. And then they're pretty much crickets afterwards. So, I hate I hate fake Twitter accounts. Like, fake Darren Dreger accounts, Bob McKenzie accounts, and, uh, and who's my other favorite? Uh, Elliot Friedman. So, you know, when they, when they come out with stupid freaking accounts, it's just dumb. So, stop it. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Do you have anything else for that? No. No. I mostly just, it's a nice pipe dream, but I think it we're more likely to get a Tyler to Foley and move on something like that. Right. Than 
little less of a paycheck. Uh, mo <laughs> moving on to to somebody that's not well, he's getting a paycheck, but probably not for much longer. Um, and this is a uh, question on the Twitter verse from at Hockey Guy Ten. Thank you, at Hockey Guy, for the for the uh, the topic suggestion. Should the bees show any interest in in Ilya Kovalchuk after the LA Kings release him? This is a good question because the fact is that no, I don't want him here. He's a, he's a he's nothing but a uh, a cancer um, on any team. That's that's just my opinion. But the weird thing is, is like you don't ever want to trade for somebody like this. But. At a certain time this month, I'm not sure exactly when. It could even be tomorrow. It could be tomorrow, the 16th of December, that the LA Kings uh, are going to be forced to. Um, he's going to get his 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 bonuses. Mm. So the LA Kings might cut him, making him a free agent to go anywhere. Because right now they're not letting him play. They're so not they letting him play. He is practicing and he is traveling with the team. Yeah. But he's not he's not playing. So his AAV, I don't have cap friendly up right now, but I think it's five, uh, close to five million. Easy. That comes off the books, making him a free agent to go anywhere. Just spitballing. Is this an idea that I mean it's not the end all be all that he's gonna come to Boston and be a, any kind of savior, but he does play both sides. He's a versatile forward. If needed, would you want him here? No. I hate... Every time someone asks me, no. Uh, I hate... Ilya Kovalchuk. I don't think... I think, again, I will say it like I've said a million times. I think he is a very, very talented player. Used to be. That is more... Well, yeah, not right now. But I just mean overall, even when he was a really, really... You know, like, get up and go. He's one of your top forwards in the league kind of crap. There's something about that guy that I don't know him, but I don't feel teams respond well to having them in their locker room, on their lineup, which befuddles me because very few, very, very talented... And again, he's older now, but, like, talented players, he was one of his, like, you know draft class or whatever kind of people you know like up there he's he was a superstar in this yep. league but he's also always been about the money and the me over the team and me is a flight risk if he's not happy yeah that's what i mean. i i think that's too much when you need to find seven million dollars to pay tory krug and potentially keep him the Ilya Kovalchuk, especially we have younger players whatever in the long run i would rather pay two million dollars to a young kid that is under 30 or whatever that's going into their prime than to pay $5 Because even if he goes into free, you're going to have to pay him, like, the $5 million. He's not going to take any less. Right. Even if that... Or unless, like, like Sweeney's like, hey, I'll give you two and a half and actually let you on the ice. Like, you know, like... Yep. Which might be a logical thing for some team to do, you know? Or it might be good for a team... Like, I don't need him, but you know who might need a player like that and has the money? Detroit. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Kind of thing. Right, like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I that, hear you throwing down. So that's just me. I never want that dude on my team. Every time it comes up that he's available, I will say, and I still hold because I see what happens. I saw what happened in Jersey. I see what happened uh, in L.A. 
I say get away from my team, please. No like, bueno. I can, no, no, no está bien. Um, yeah, I, this is uh, such a, a tough subject because the fact is that people have the the uh, the the mindset that, and it, and it it is fact that the Boston Bruins were in discussion with getting him prior to the season starting before he went to L.A. I think um, the term was not to Elia's liking when the Boston Bruins uh, general manager Don Sweeney offered him a one year at probably three million. Um, he was it was more attractive for him and his family to go uh, three years at five million per in LA, which makes sense. I mean, you're gonna get paid and you got some time, um, but. That that wasn't that wasn't what the, in the plans. That's not the future plans that the Boston Bruins saw because obviously Don Sweeney's a smart uh, Harvard graduate that sees things in the future and what he has to do uh, per cap wise and and sustainability of uh, current players and, and keeping them in the fold for the future. A move like this for an aging veteran um, at thirty five plus uh, wasn't wasn't in the cards in my opinion. So. Well, um, we're also not a market that if you're not willing to give us the year at the whatever because that's what we can afford, then we we can't afford you. Like you know what I mean? Our backs have been against the wall with the cap for a very long time. Yeah. Some contracts better than others for that reason. You sure. Know? But uh, I I just don't. Th I think he would be valuable to somebody maybe, and I just don't want that. I would rather keep John Moore all day long. I would rather keep Brett Ritchie at this point. <laughs> He's at least he'll go that, away. That I can agree with. At you. least he'll go away in April on his own. We're not going to get straddled with this, unless he comes back to Don Sweeney. He's like, oh, right, I'll yeah. do one year. I'll play for free. Whatever. Yeah, I'll play for free. <laughs> um, per cap friendly, a couple points to remember: uh, Kovalchuk has a no movement clause, therefore would need to go through waivers first. Um, as a thirty-five-year-old plus contract. His 6.25 million cap hit would continue to count against LA's cap for the remainder of the of this year and next year, and uh, Kovalchuk would forfeit roughly 4.7 million in salary. That's that's just I mean that middle topic about the 35 plus contract. Mm -hmm. That's only if LA keeps him around. Yeah. So Which obviously they're not trying to do. They're no, trying to give no. him the hint. This is like when your girlfriend or boyfriend doesn't show up or your husband or wife disappears. Yeah, don't and keep you're like, waiting. Oh, I have work. It's like, yeah, like clearly take the clue. I'm trying to break up with you. Like take the clue. Uh just that's a lot of money either way. You know, I just it would be best for them to waive him. It would not be best it would be best for them to uh put him out on free agency. It would not be best for us to even worry about him. The uh, my theory about the Kovalchuk is I think he's I think he's his game is more suited for the bigger ice, uh, uh, more freedom to do what he's got to do creative-wise. creative, cr creative wise. Um, The North American Ice 200 by 85 game for him now is, is, is gone past. I mean, he's definitely lost a step. He's got a great shot, good release. I mean, there's, there's a lot of the good things there when you're thinking about hockey, but not the NHL, in my opinion. Um, I, I'm I'm a fan of keeping it young, and I'm a fan of keeping players around, and I'm a fan of keeping your locker room happy. So, with all those points, it, it just doesn't make any sense. And I know the 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 let's give him a chance, folks out there, are always going to be glamoring for 
that next guy. I mean, I mean, Eisenman's not coming out of retirement and joining the Bruins anytime soon. So why expect uh, an Ilya Kovalchuk to all of a sudden break out a 50 goal season? And you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's getting 50 goals. No, I don't either. No, I agree with I you. Doubt he gets much- 10. He is much more suited to the international ice, the style of play that he has. But again, he was successful. Now he's not. This goes back to how much of your money is worth your reputation and what preceded you compared to what you do right now. Like right now, what you do is you are only allowed to go to practice and travel with the team. So all set. I'm just saying I'll take more and Richie and even Parland home for the rest of the year and work that out before I'll worry about spending that same $5 million or whatever somewhere else. All Um, right. Moving on to our our next topic, uh, line parents. Who fits well with each other or who should be paired together? This is from Bruin Superfan on Twitter. I am looking at the Jack Edwards uh, screenshot of his lineup last last night. Um, obviously, it's the... and, and and I could go either way with, with Bergeron and, and Krejci. I know people love when I say this. I, I could seriously flip them around and, and see. I mean, it seems to be working regardless of where they both play. I know Bergeron hasn't been on the second line because of his injury, and Krejci obviously moved up. Uh, I'm not a fan of uh, Corrali at third line center. Um, so, obviously, I, I would put Coyle back there between... Heinen and Bjork. Boing! Big fan of the boing factor when it comes to Coyle, Corrali, and Bjork. Um, the fourth line of Nordstrom, Wagner, and Bacchus. Bacchus is going to be that type of player that's going to be revolving door. Uh, ninth floor watcher, I believe. Although, got in the lineup last night over Brett Ritchie, which I thought was good. I thought I think he did okay. I'm not saying he, you know. He wasn't a superstar, but. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I know Bruins uh, super fan is asking who plays good and pairs well together, but it's so tough to look at this lineup and, and figure out what's going on because Bruce Cassidy doesn't allow any consistency to happen. Mm. And... The weird thing about it is, is yes, they've gone through a, 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 a short spell of losing, and that's kind of desperation for when you want to make roster changes and, and, and see if you can create a spark. Um, I just honestly can't think of anything right now that's going to like say, hey, you need to get this guy in the lineup and so on, and it's going to work then and there because I just haven't had time to see it. So... Um, and I don't believe the that you know it, after one game the uh, the the super fans out there on, on social media are always like I knew Coyle would be a great right winger and uh, why not put Stadnicker up at third line center and it's like and and Matt Kalman I know I know he gave me that look Matt Kalman sent out an article uh, I believe earlier this morning. And uh, even quoted it to somebody saying, uh, you know, let's bring Stadnika up. And he's like, you really want to put third line center role to a, a rookie while you're trying to make a, a Stanley Cup run? That's kind of uh, a lot of uh, responsibility for a kid that's, in my opinion, not ready for the NHL, at least this season. He's ready for the NHL in a, a suitable role if an injury happens. Break glass in case of emergency type. Yes, I'd do that in a heartbeat, but not, not the rest of the year. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of Corrali at the middle. 
Um, even Wagner. Wagner's not playing very well, in my opinion. That fourth line's not playing very well, in my opinion. But things can change. It's, it is December. Um, defensive pairings, same thing. I, I do like the, the older guy with the younger crews. I mean, the Chara McAvoy at, at line one, uh, Krug, Carlo at line two, and Grizzlick and Moore. I don't like Moore, but, I mean, that's that's it's a good young veteran-type player pairing. Well, and also, with the defense, we finally have a balance between, like, the defenseman defenseman and the offensive defenseman to be able to do that. Yep. Because for a long time, we did not have the good balance on that. So Sure. Uh, but I, I do like Clifton and um, Grizzly together. I think they actually don't do that bad for size and whatever. They use their speed. Now, uh, sometimes on the back end, obviously, Clifton's still young. You know what I mean? Thing, but you got to grow. But... I, again, am not totally anti-John Moore, so, like, again, like, having one of them, I would rather have Clifton and Moore going in and out pairing with Grizz than to if Miller comes back, or I like, you know, like Steve Camper, again, it's not that I don't like you, you've done your role and you do it well for this league, and I wasn't upset when they signed you again, you know, to do the job that you're doing. Right now, your job was to protect Connor Clifton, and you're doing that, you know, yep. and, uh, but... That's for me. It's so hard with the top line. I never want to see the fourth line moved around ever. Like, whatever yeah, has to long. happen. I really like our fourth line, and I think that um, even if they're struggling, they're at least usually doing something. I feel a little ditto. I, it's hard. It's so hard because there's not enough consistency from the middle. You know what I mean? Um, it's hard to pick. I don't particularly like Coyle up on the right side either, but again, what are you stuck with? Like the Richies of the world. We don't have as many options like with right. Coleman out and stuff that we would have had. Uh, again, I don't know the young guys down there enough, but I'm going to guess as impressed as I was with Jack Stanika when he was up, I do not feel like he should be David Krejci's right wing uh, for a long period of time. Um, I don't know. I'm like stuck on these pairs because people ask, and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I we're not really good folks to be asking about well, this. Well, it's weird really for me because answer. like there's the ongoing like debate about like is Jake DeBrusk good with Krejci? Like should he be should he be there with Krejci? And the minute you take him them away from each other, and he all of a sudden they get back together, and it's like they always play like that yep. together. So that leads yep. me to believe a lot of that is not you know. Aged, you know, you're learn, you know, one side's learning. Krejci's doing what he can to help, and not having that other person. I just don't know who. In an ideal world, I could keep my top line, my third line, the way it always has been, and stop moving. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the fourth line in place, and go and get me a right winger to that I feel confident with being there. Or True. wait until next year if you think one of the young kids. But if the solution is always going to be move Coil to the second line, I don't like that. I don't know. I'm indecisive. This is why I'm not a coach, people. I wouldn't. I don't know. And then talking about talking about lines moving forward, and it almost feels to me like the Boston Bruins are going to be pressured into making a trade this season to address that right wing um, vacancy on the on the second line, because if you look at what's available on cap friendly on right wingers. Uh, that are going to be free, uh, unrestricted free agents this summer after July 1, that list is very small. Mm. And the only attractive player, which who will probably re-sign 
with um, the Florida Panthers is Evgeny Dadinov. And he's having a decent year. I think he's got like 27 points in 20 or 30 something games, something like that. Um, but that's basically it. It's like everybody else is, is, you know, not worth it in my opinion. So, um, yeah. Well, Hopefully, uh, Bruins super fan on Twitter. We 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 tried to answer your question as much as possible. I'm not sure if we actually got you a, a final answer, but. Um, and I you, just can't think. It's really more the right wing because I know I know what I like on the bottom six. And again, I could go either way with the top line center, but yeah, I don't know. Or maybe if maybe I'd be all right with Coyle going to the second line on the right side if Bergeron becomes the second line center. Because it's not that I don't think that him and Krejci are. I just feel like again, DeBrusque benefits the same way from both of the you know both mm -hmm. of them in a different way, but still the same kind of way. Uh, I don't know. It's just so hard. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry, Bruins fan. Bruins super fan. fan. I uh, am an indifferent old hag that... There. I know. Mark's more decisive about these things. I'm more like solid how I like my defense than how I like... But I... I'm also one of those people who, like, if... It, don't move things if it's working. Even yeah, if there's an injury, like, figure it out so you don't have to do a lot of moving. You know, I, I just... Exactly. The I, I'm a consistency person. And, and Same consistency here. lets you work it out as you go, too. Uh, but, I don't know. I'm sorry. That was the weakest answer ever, yes, Bruins yeah. Superfan. <laughs> I promise next... I'm going to think about this more, and we're going to give you a secondary recap on how we're thinking about it after this week and see what happens. Uh, moving on to another topic that uh, got floated into my inbox uh, today that we are definitely going to discuss right now. Uh, Jared Clinton from the Hockey News wrote an article on December 11th. <laughs> Excuse me for the hiccup. It's the pink Whitney. It's getting to me. Uh, wrote an article about Forbes releasing its annual list of franchise uh, valuations. And on um, Wednesday, after a season in which Boston fought its way through the Eastern Conference and into the Stanley Cup Final for the third time in the post-lockout era, the Bruins scored a billion-dollar estimate valuation. That makes Boston the fifth original six franchise with an estimate worth of $1 billion or more and comes on the heels of a season in which they had an approximate revenue of $228 million range. By that measure, the Bruins ranked fourth in the NHL in 2019, behind only the Maple Leafs, Canadians, and the New York Rangers. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. But that just, that, that to me, institutes the, the money train that um, Charlie Jacobs and family have constantly been on. Uh, it, it is about, it's a business. And it's about earning uh, on many levels of, of a professional organization, whether it be your payroll, your concessions, your building, and everything else that goes along with it. So um, it's, it's, it's good to see that this, they've been so profitable. And, and obviously, coming from a Bruins fan, it's very biased. But it's also good to see that they're, they're in the top of... Uh, 
many categories when you think about this this organization in the National Hockey League, and that's that's always good to to go forward because we, we we've been around for a while. I'm over forty. You're over forty, I think. Anyway. I'm under 40 no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding so i mean we've we've been through the times of the buy one buy one ticket get one free for 90 dollars in your third row off the glass yeah i went to the first six home games yeah and we went to me and eric grant shout out eric grant my boy um i work with him he's a great kid he's a merrimacki and a little slow but he's he's a good kid Uh, i love you eric i'm just kidding better than being a melmacki yeah i guess so oh that brings me back Elf too. Speaking of speaking Elf of reference. speaking of old, but uh, no, I mean I right. mean those days of uh, the the lower bowl was never getting full, and it looked terrible on national TV because people were going the cheap way and and going up to the balcony. Um, they were offering tickets for you know buy one get one free, and and I think we went to Eric and I. I think we went to like twelve to sixteen games that year, and it was it was awesome. Yeah. You know, I'd buy the ticket and you know, and the gas, and you give me the ride, and we're good. So I'm like, get me to Newburyport. I'm yeah, getting on the train. Yeah, exactly. Whatever happens after that, at least we'll be safe. No, but that that was a, just a, an article that I wanted to just to touch on because I thought it was a, a little it was relevant in the in the conversation. So I think it's important because well, one just shows that the original six still rule. That's even right. Even though I know they weren't the only original six. We won't get into the debate of the whole entire yes. thing. But as for a marketing campaign, it shows that the original six idea was great for hockey in that sense. And I think that it does show, though, that certain markets still play better to um, this sport. You know what I mean? And we need to see more growth in some of those. Not the first... Ex- like... Like if Philly or somebody like that, that's been around a while, you know, maybe they're not one of the original chunk, but they're been around long enough that you consider them one of the older teams, you know, in the league as they are, you know, the first expansion era, you know, or teams like that, St. Louis teams like that. Yep. Maybe when we can see a little more of that growing into the billion dollar business, that's when hockey will stop being fourth uh, of the major sports. Because at this point, like premier soccer is starting to go beyond this so i think it's good i think it shows though again you have your diehard areas right that i mean look at that leaves i mean look at how bad the rangers have been here like they they had the they should have been a uh at least a back-to-backer in the early 2000s with the teams that they've had oh, go through shit. there and no kidding you know they didn't do it but i think it's good for uh hockey oh just saw Marty Berdour. i love him she checked Hi. out uh, Heather Van- checked out. Vancouver 2010 Olympics. <laughs> yeah, we're watching YouTube. We got the yeah. hockey on in the office. So. This was the one I made the bet with my friend Eli that whoever's team won the gold, that the other one would sing the national anthem the next day at school. <laughs> uh, I just so you know, obviously had to sing all Canada, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm all right by because I like Canada. Okay, so yeah, so that's good. Bruins marketing, but like I said, I'd like to see some of those other markets maybe. Not necessarily the other two original six teams, but definitely like when we can see some growth in Philly and uh, some of those. One thing that I wanted to touch on from this and kind of added it right now is the women's game mm-hmm. and the, the NWHL um, and the Boston Pride, particularly. Uh, profession, it's a professional women's league. Uh, women's hockey is, is gaining huge traction. 
and especially in this league, and they play their home games at the Warrior Ice Arena. Go check them out. They they do a fantastic job. Put on a good show at the where the Boston Bruins train on the regular and practice. So, um, it, you know, some of this money is it, it's a lot of money, and I understand that there's organizational stuff that has to be done and paid for on the regular. It's a business. But also, I'd like to see a little bit more of money coming out of the Boston Bruins organization and being brought down into the sport of women's hockey, especially with the Boston Pride and how they struggle. Um, some of these players that play for this team, the Boston Pride, uh, have full-time jobs uh, but still only make uh, a couple thousand dollars a year from the NWHL and advertising and so on. So it's not enough for them to walk away from their regular 40 Um but I give them credit for for doing what they're doing to keep the um, everything going. Um, so, um, yeah, I I just want you know it'd be good to to filter down. I I mean sooner or later, who knows? You might you might see thirty two women's teams that are reflective off of their professional their NHL professional leagues. Mm-hmm. You know to to gain the sport and gain more notoriety and, and especially from a a women's level, you're gonna gain more fans because people are, are now involved so i think that that part of the problem is that you know they can't walk away from their jobs because they can't get paid because nobody gives them money i think it's strange i just feel it's like both the nhl and the women's leagues which have been kind of going you know whatever i mean some people are on strike and like this and that i think that it's kind of counterproductive to both sides. Like the NHL has to recognize the prime, you know, I get it takes a lot to run an organization and that, and you're like, it is a end money game. But you don't have to have 31 women's teams to start. You pick the 20 craziest hockey markets in both sides, right? You look and see the demographics. Do they have a lot of kids in their youth hockey programs? Are there, or and or like select type club teams where there's a lot of kids involved in the sport? Because yep. girl, uh, girls and then slash women's participation in hockey has been growing. Sure. Because ever since 98, when the women started getting showcased on the big stage, people are like, wow, oh, you mean like, I want, you know, I love the BU Terriers. I mean, there's a women's, like, I have a path. I can go start college, do whatever. There's kind of no end game. The NHL needs to learn that they should be pouring some money into this, not to quote-unquote save women's hockey, but to, A, expand their fan base, because if the old adage, if anything, if we're not growing enough viewership in the NHL, you have viewers of the NHL that have another thing to look at. Like yep. college basketball on a Saturday, right? If you're a college basketball player, obviously you're looking for your team you support, but you're going to sit there all day watching college basketball or college football or whatever it is. That's the kind of market you want to create. Also, you don't have to fill the big arenas, right? You can do it at the practice. There's a good amount. And once they start growing, then you start doing it. Or you have the championships in the big arenas. It's not to make it downgrade to not be a real professional sport. But if you can save the money and get them better facilities or that they don't have to buy their own equipment, things, little basic things like that that you need to run a league, that would be important. But it's going to take... There's such a divide in the NHL amongst owners on what to do with it. So you may have a handful of owners that are like, all right, I'm in. Like, I will, so whatever, X amount of money I will give you, whatever that is, a million dollars a year, and, you know, whatever. The Bruins made a lot of money last year, right? A million dollars. 288 
also you get, get that one the teams turn? can also like if you again start with 20 markets or whatever it is right so a million dollars you can't donate a million dollars and then use your poll with your sponsors to get more money then you're you're not necessarily investing your organization's money and have to worry about that because we all know the NHL is a delicate balance. Mm -hmm. It is growing. Like you, I don't I, I don't ever like to give Gary any credit. any credit because I do think that he's dirty. But he oh, has not just expanded the market wise. He has he gave an adrenaline boost to a dying league to make it irrelevant in the world again. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well and, said. Uh, that can be the same thing with the women's hockey to show a path that not only just young girls getting on the ice for their learn to skate and want to look up to find something to grow but to give these women who are professional athletes the same crumbling courtesies that any other one was yeah and i think people would find it doesn't have to always be but you can't tell me like nesson like no offense like say it was boston like like a team like and i'm not i'm not saying anything about nesson i'm using them as an example because there are local like you know that's what the bruins are on and, yeah. and like a lot of boston sport it's a boss it's the new england sports network if you're not from new england so like i'm just saying a channel like that all markets have them if you're going to pick major markets all markets are going to have a channel like that maybe you don't view it live all the time right but you can stream it live all the time. We have those technologies that can help grow the game without the as much money just being sink. I get people worried about sinking money into a product too, but it's a good product. Like the yeah. women hockey players in North America, and I, I know there are international people who play in our leagues too around here, but just in, uh, there's enough women in Canadian hockey players. If you gave them a real outlet to continue to develop to a professional sport level and not just have to top out for things like Olympics and, you know, whatever, their collegiate careers or whatever, I think you would find that it would not take long in this era in which, you know, equality and this and that we all keep talking about, you know what I mean, yep. to make a big step. And really, that would also help the NHL boost their hockey is for everyone. If hockey is for everyone, why is it that people are freaking out because Tuca, you know, like there shouldn't be a situation where people freak out because Tuca broke his stick because he doesn't have to pay for it. That you know the organ. I know. Yet the women plays. That's a valid point. Now, on one hand, if I was Tuca, I'd be smashing it for the exact same reason. I don't have to replace my three hundred dollar goalie stick, right? Yeah. But at the same time, it's a good point that even if you just got the companies on board to fund equipment for a year for these players and things like that that would be more That's money huge. in their pocket that would be a next step That's health huge. insurance basic health insurance run yourself like a real organization but yep. then you have both sides or multiple sides on the women's side of hockey who are people who are embedded on their side that don't want to relinquish control which i get and are fighting amongst themselves because they don't have a clear vision. And this is True. counterproductive because, again, that's the reason the NHL is a little nervous and other professional leagues are a little nervous to get involved. Like, if you guys can't even agree with what your beginning end goals are, how can I want to, you know. So it's like everyone needs to sit down and make a real effort to make a decision because certain cities like Boston, you know, the Bruins, like, the pride plays at their practice arena. Sure, it's not at the Garden, yeah. but that's because it would be half empty. Wouldn't you rather them have a full house of a couple thousand people than an empty house of 10,000 plus, you know? And even if you can't make it to the game, at the any games at the Warrior Ice Arena, in the past, like, year and a half, I believe that the NWHL has instituted the streaming service via YouTube, the numbers have been very impressive, I believe. I've read a couple articles that they continue to get gain more traction. Younger women 
women in general are, are going on to these platforms and watching these games. So there is that, it's there. The sample size is there for them to really do something special in the future. And I hope they, hopefully it does happen because there's, I mean, if you can play, you can play at any level, at any gender. I believe it's, it's, it's just going to be, it's about the growth of the game. And that's plain and simple. So Well, and that's, that's what I, I think concerns me is that there has been growth in the youth hockey pro. Where other sports that, are, you know, a lot of sports participation overall has been dropping just overall, right? Whether that be concerned about CTE, say in football, whatever numbers are dropping. But hockey's a sport that numbers are stayed pretty consistent and has had growth. Like, you know, in a cer certain markets, things like that opening up, you know, like... Um, so that's what my, my thing, I think that to continue to develop, you can't open it up in the youth and you have this influx of, uh, males and female young players looking up and have a place to go until they get to a certain point, because that's how you lose people along the way. And when you lose the kids along the way, you end up losing fans of your product along yeah. the way. And development like takes a huge you step backwards. Kid, right. That kid turn. So it's all in all better, but I just think it's ridiculous. There isn't a professional women's hockey league, uh, like meaning like that's a kind of like the NWA and the WNBA. Yeah, they were match points to each other. You know what I mean? So from the get go, it was like the NBA is on board to support women's yeah. hockey. I didn't mean that there are no professional. Right. I know you gave me a lot. You know I know that there are. But what I mean is it. It's crazy to me to think that there is not like a sister yeah, exactly. organization to the NHL. That just seems like that would have been implemented, I don't know, from the get-go of this, like growing the market, doing this, you know? Because now there are little girls in California that have had an opportunity to decide to grow up and be hockey players and go to schools. It's not just the kids from Wisconsin and Michigan and whatever anymore. We have a lot of kids around this country that, just like we talked about access, <laughs> like kids are getting more access and it's growing and it's because i think kids like that kind of sport too because they're always moving it's physical you know what i mean like it checks all the boxes mental box physical box friendship box like you know whatever tough love kind of box but that's just me i know wow that was almost as yeah. my rant was just almost as bad as your tim thomas rant so know, there you right? go that was my one i just think it's kind of stupid everybody needs to cop Everyone needs to come to the table to have a real discussion about what a potential league could look like instead yep. of fighting with each other and not wanting to be give up control at any sort. That's not how compromise happens. That's not how things get done. All right, moving on. All right, we have 15 minutes left, so we are going to do basic general discussion. So where do we start off with Heather? Um... What do I have? I think we talked about most of uh, the things I have, but I did want to mention, I don't think we mentioned it earlier, that Bergeron is the number three most games played as a Bruin now. He tied Don Sweeney and passed him this week since he came back. That's good. Uh, not that he passed Don Sweeney. Love Don Sweeney, but uh, Bergeron's had a good week. Come back from this injury, we've all been a little, starting to get a little nervous about. He's played solid minutes like he always has. He hasn't been, you know, back in his spot and... Uh, Moving up the charts again, uh, Bergeron, you know, I mean, whatever. He's a future Hall of Famer. Uh, Jake DeBrusque, um, with his goal yesterday against the Florida Panthers, has now has 100 points in his career. Yeah. There you go, Jake. That's right. We believe in you, Jake, even when other people are on your case. You've always got that Heather and Mark in your back <laughs> pocket there to go, you can do it, kid. You can do it. 
Uh, but my only other thing that I've really been, besides, like, the things we've already discussed, uh, was obviously there's been some more coaches gone and uh, there comes this, the starting point to make a code of conduct in the NHL coming out of the Board of Governors. Uh, so that was really the only other thing I had. Do you want to talk about that for a few minutes? Yeah, it, it's just, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, it, it's not crazy, but it's just, it's coming at a time that you, you need to be the outmost professional these days in a world where when, if you're treated bad, you have an avenue to go uh, nowadays. Where back in the past, um, when coaches were rough on you and and did certain things, it was more acceptable. But now it's it's just the times of change and so on. So with times of change, I mean, there's been an influx of coaches that deservedly have been uh, released from their duties. Um, and most recently, it was Jim Montgomery, who I I was very surprised about. And the reason uh, I actually heard about it on the 31 Thoughts podcast with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman was the, the explanation of him being let go was he's, he's, he's t- too much fun. So that kind of brings me to the point of how fun is he? And apparently um, something might have been involved in, like, like, they were playing the... A team, the Dallas Stars were playing a certain team in the playoffs, and during that time, I guess he went out and did something. I don't know what exactly what it is. I'm paraphrasing here, and I'm reaching a little bit, but I think it had something to do with drinking. I, I, I'm not totally sure, but that's what I got from Elliot's and and Jeff's um, uh, thing. So. It was, uh, they officially said unprofessional conduct. Okay. This is what one of I, before we actually talk about what uh, the press release and I took the press release about the potential code of co- the bullet points from the thing from NHL. So it can't be said that we're not reading Batman's yep. own words. But uh, so we're reviewing. Mike Babcock fired. Yes. His even though he's a dick actually turns out to be because his team is losing life so by all indications he did not get even if the players didn't like him or anything babcock got fired for performance issues not for personality issues right check then we have bill peters go down yeah yep we got uh montgomery go down but that was the unprofessional behavior, like you were saying. Now Dallas is having a season two, so and they've been so tight-lipped about it. So again, like I've heard kind of the same rumor going around, but who knows? But usually firing like that—that that was fast. Calgary took a week to make sure everything was right yeah. in place legally, you know, whatever, get things in place to pass it on. Yeah, Jim. He Jim Neal was very gone. internal about this. Yeah, like it was gone, and uh, you know, like that. So we got, you know, John. Hines gets fired in New Jersey. Again, a performance issue. Like, you're not functioning. And I feel bad because when DeBoer got fired from San Jose, it had to be like, just so you know, though, it's a performance thing. It's definitely, he's not a racist. He's not a homophobe. Well, that's... It is sad that now when you fire your yeah. coach, which is clearly, no offense, anybody... Everybody gravitates Jose, to that. Yeah, that we have gone in quite the spiral in the last six weeks in the oh, NHL. Yeah. Uh or even then, and I wrote down this just random size too, like you got Laviolette who there was like apparently a video that looks like he punched somebody in the back of the head, but he really hadn't punched somebody in the back. So now 
It's like spinning out of control. That's why I said jokingly earlier, Cassidy's looking like he doesn't want to get fired. We don't know anybody like, no, 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 Bruce is a good guy. We just, I hope know, he did nothing in Washington when his time was there. Uh, well, this is the thing. is it, And for me, one of the concerns is opening up the jack, you know. It's like once you open the box with all the snakes and it pops out, shoving them back in. Right. That's I do. That scares me every time, I do way. think if in legal law we have a statute of limitations of punishing people, then we should have one implemented in this whole because i'm sure there are plenty of things out there and uh that will come out and not saying they shouldn't come out but just like a a, a crime which some of these things might be hate crime stuff too you know you can only prosecute something so again the same thing as a league you have to be careful like you need to pick a reasonable time frame to say if you're still in the league maybe you might get your you know banned from the league or whatever but the five years whatever you want to say it is right allegations can come forward before then and we'll look into these things and again to make sure you are not allowed to participate again in the thing exactly but it's more of a going forward from this point thing too right so it again like we've spun to a point already that like a whole an organization has no no i'm telling you it's really because or even when uh, montgomery got fired they're like look it was unprofessional conduct but we're not saying that he's a racist or anything right? right like it's sad like we're now dividing lines of like coaches but that being said the nhl did meet and i wanted to bring up to you about how like we'll go through a little bit what they said but do you think the nhl can actually implement change because we have a hard time seeing them implement meaningful change to their own like penalty decisions for goodness sakes this is a major topic i do like that they seem to be taking their time like they did not come out of these meetings at pebble beach and say, this is what the code of conduct is, right? They came out and said, hey, just so you know, everyone's on notice. Pay attention to these four things. And uh, forthcoming will be an actual code of conduct. Do you have, do you have the four things? That you can I do. Follow? I have this right now. This is from the NHL.com. So I'll, I'll probably read a lot because I do this. But anyways, this is the statement that came out of Gary Bettman uh, December 9th on from the public relations of NHL and spelt correctly and all that. So it's not fake. Uh, But he says things like, as one of the preeminent sports leagues in the world, in the preeminent hockey league in the world, we recognize, embrace our role, and set an example. That's great. Everything's, and I agree, I'm on with you, right, that? This one kind of threw me through a loop just being an NHL fan for a long time. While we may have not known the fact that we as a league, on behalf of ourselves, our teams, and our players, coaches, organization, and fans, must respond with clear, meaningful, and appropriate manner professionalism and respect have always been important to the league but is now particularly important time and issue because everyone is entitled to a respectful workplace all true but you are a le- you think these coaches did this and could cover it all up because the nhl didn't have a bury it policy everybody knows the nh crap has happened here and it doesn't get out because it's not football or something that's one of the more pre you know okay predominant leagues so that's a little iffy. I mean, that to me is like the talking point that you have to. That doesn't mean I don't think Batman means it. I just mean it's a little suspicious to act as if you guys did not know. I'm not saying you might not know specific incidences, right? But the fact that you don't know there's some jerks. And again, we can get into the debate of like what level of jerk you may or may not be. But don't let's not act like we don't know that hockey... People call hockey the white kid sport, okay? I'm just saying. Let's not pretend like, and it shouldn't be that way, and there are plenty of people of diverse backgrounds that play the sport around the world, but let's face it. Nobody's, 
everybody calls it the white kid sport, right? Yep. Because that's just what people know. I mean, whatever. So that alone is a stereotype that should be changed. You know what I mean? That That's number one. Uh, but the four points, he said, the, all right, I'd like to, sorry. I'd like to convey to you exactly what was said at the Board of Governors during our meeting. We don't like surprises. The Bill Peters situation was a complete surprise. Yeah, the timing of it was a complete surprise, but you're not going to act to me like nobody had any clue, you know? Uh, all right, so going forward, our clubs are on notice that if they become aware of an incident of conduct involving NHL personnel on or off the ice that is clearly inappropriate, unlawful, and demonstratively abusive, or that it may violate the league's policies involving the NHL club personnel on or off the ice, we at the league offices, Bill Daly or me, of course, like you knew it was going to be him and Bill Daly, must be immediately advised. There will be no tolerance for any failure to notify us in the event of such failure, the club the individual involved can expect severe discipline. This makes me, right now though, there, there is no standard of discipline. So like, what, do, what does that mean? It's gonna be like some of the, is this gonna be a fight like with some of the suspensions? Are they looking at it case by case? I know they don't have it all worked out. Uh, but he did actually make a comment though, the situation in Carolina is still under review. Like what, because like we talked about, right? Ron France like, no, I told people, and again, even if he just washed his hands of that because he felt he appropriate, you know, whatever, that's still under review. So Carolina, although he made it clear it's not under the new ownership, it's definitely, they're looking into the last ownership. Yeah. All right. The second big thing that they're going to do is that although he, they think that most people think they're going to institute a mandatory annual program of counseling and workshops and all of that for all the teams, assistant coaches, general managers, assistant managers, uh, with stuff, you know, whatever, how to be respectful in a locker room, in the training facility. Basically, anywhere that you're representing the NHL, you're now on notice, yeah? Also, how to teach to be a bystander and intervention techniques, which I thought is interesting. Uh, what I liked about this, though, is whatever, it's going to help, obviously, the uh, coaches and player associations, which the coaches association isn't a real union, but it's the closest the coaches have to a union, which they should. I mean, there are a lot of great coaches that are in the AHL and NHL and should. But I like that it's going to be under the direction of Vice President Kim Davis. That girl is awesome. She was specifically brought in to be like the diversity person and figure out how to grow this league uh, for viewership, diversity, tolerance, all this. Hakeem Malou was in there too. Yeah, and if you... Um, have uh, their NHL executive suites. I think I told you about that. There's a great interview with her talking because she's not from the hockey world. She, right. like she said, where I grew up, there, hockey, what well, we watch basketball and stuff. Like, hockey wasn't even like a big sport where I came from. And it's good because I think it's good to get people from outside in because part of the reason some of these things have gone on is hockey definitely is like many places a good old boys club where after a while, you know, things get institutionalized because the institution just has the same influx of the same kind of going on so um this is she's gonna so i trust her like she takes her job very seriously she seems to love the game uh so it says inappropriate conduct engaged in by team personnel will be disciplined either by the team the league or both while discipline is always must be case by case it is my intention to make severe and appropriate and designed to for remedy the situation uh, for to remedy the situation and ensure that the conduct does not occur again so basically it sounds like it's going to be like a zero tolerance policy whatsoever. Uh, again, to be see what's going on like that. 
they also like to create a platform and this seems to be one of the biggest hot topic hot button topics no offense is this hotline like being able to anonymously how do they go about that in a lead that doesn't have that many you know what i mean right if something gets reported it doesn't and this isn't any workplace it doesn't take that hard of searching to trace something like that like if you're at work and you're oh well somebody was saying blah 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 whatever if someone who's been working there a long time like you they're gonna be able to figure it out when people talk so whatever i guess this is good but it says not everyone i thought it was interesting you also added though that not everyone will approach uh, approve of a coach's methods so, but clearly physical and verbal abuse is not allowed so i like that though because that is one of the questions like is it going to be like now everyone like does it have to always be warm and feely or can sometime a piss off coach look at his plays and be like you suck right now right <laughs> and i'm just saying like i i don't know what that whatever but those are the big things but um kind of praise calgary in the way that they dealt with their stuff you know and uh they met with akino lu last week and that's good and he is also for everything that people some people have been saying oh now he's like whining and he never well whether he was ever going to be a full-time nhl player or not you it know happened. this and that it happened and even he's more of he's not like suing the league for retribution or anything he's like hey effed up crap has happened and it needs to be addressed and i'm airing my laundry out but in a pop it, it's a good way to do it because what he's trying to do is really actually trigger positive change you know what yep. i mean but they met with him everything my question to you is given the nhl's record for implementing anything ever do you think that they really truly can come up with a solid kind of clear up the gray areas kind of code of conduct which is astounding they don't already have in place they're off they're off to the right foot on the right foot um and something had to be addressed so this is a good start I'm not sure how immediate it's going to be and this and that uh, still working out differences between everything else but um, I believe it's just a, it's, a, it's a good starting point uh, I, I really can't comment on, on if it's, it's going to work immediately so alright I got one more thing hurry up Go and give us some more ratings. You know how yes. many ratings oh. we've got up to now? How many? Not quite 100, but almost there. Well, we what's the number? 98, baby. Oh, we need God. a handful of people, at least a handful of people. We know you're listening because we can see the numbers. Yeah. Please take five minutes. You know what I... Even five if you seconds. Don't have, even if you don't have it on your phone, just... You can download if you have to... Because, you know, I found that people have said to me, oh, I, it's a hard time because depending on your version, right? Because Apple split everything for the... I put, Delivery you know, driver said that today, yesterday. Yeah, so, guys, just look around. It might say you have to download the Apple Podcast Now thing. But you're trying to listen to the podcast anyways. Yep. Again, if you're not using Spotify or whatever, everything. I don't know how that works. I don't use it. But I'm assuming it kind of works the same way. You get your music, you get your podcast channels, your whatever. Please, you guys are awesome listeners. You've listened to us babble for another two hours of time. And, uh... That's my last request. We're up to 98, and I would love Mark to be able to have over 100. Absolutely. Us. Us. We're a team. We're a team. Well, to There's be fair. There's no me. There's no to me. To be fair, you had already been working on the reviews before I got Yes, there. but we're a team, and that's how I like to work. Patreon. All right, so let's go to the Patreon winner this week. Today, this week's winner is my friend, my dear friend, longtime Patreon member, Michelle Graham. Michelle, congratulations. I will be in touch with you soon to get a shirt size and shipping details. Folks, just want to let you guys know, 
it's the the deliveries on these shirts are taking a little longer than expected. Uh, the month of December, I've noticed that the uh, Fanatics website that we use to get your shirts for the Patreon members, um, are, their inventory is not very good because of the holidays. And hopefully you understand. So I will get caught up sooner or later and then um, send them out in, uh, next month in January or, or sooner. I promise we are on top of this, but it's just when somebody says they want a certain size, I look and they don't have those sizes. I'm not going to order something that you don't want. So, congratulations to Michelle. Thank you so much for your contributions. If you want to be a part of the Patreon membership team and be eligible to win a t-shirt every week, not every week, but, you know, to be eligible, go to patreon.com slash Podcast. Donate a dollar. It helps us cut our operating costs, our out-of-pocket operating costs, and that's it. And then we draw our name every week and, you know, you could win a very cool Bruins-related t-shirt from the great folks at Fanatics, one of our advertising partners. So with that being said, I'm going to say goodbye to my friend Heather. Heather, another exciting week of Bruins Hockey Talk. Hopefully yes. everybody thought so too. Hopefully. If not, just listen to us anyways because they'll yeah. be more We'll be back next week. Yeah. Come back. <laughs> tell so, your friends and family. Thank you again for all the uh, support, the, um, the, uh, the, the constant feedback that we're getting. And speaking of feedback, I wanted to mention, sorry, I know this is, we're running late. Hey, I wanted to mention, I, I wanted to mention this from uh, uh, my friend Randy Edgerton. Um, he says, hey Mark, just listen to your most recent podcast. There are so many podcasts and especially co covering the Bruins. Yours is the top, if not the best. Both you and Heather are very knowledgeable, current, and accurate. Very enjoyable. Uh, thank you so much, uh, uh, Randy. We will uh, address your question. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, a, I'm so terrible at my memory. We'll, we'll get on to one of your questions um, sometime next week. Yeah, we'll write it down. But thank you, Randy, for your positive words. I appreciate that. And if you could... Go to uh, your current um, uh, web catcher and uh, give us a five-star rating and, and, and say some of those nice words as well. So be like Randy, folks. Do it up. But anyway, thank you very much for another great week of Bruins Hockey Talk. You guys are the best. One game win streak, baby. We've got three games next week. Uh, the, the Boston Bruins play the LA Kings, the New York Islanders, and the Nashville Predators all at TD Garden. Let's go. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.